Thanks for tuning in to BWE Empowerment Radio with Elder Marcia Boynton. She will be teaching on women and the Bible. This show will air every Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the broadcast. Good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning to you. God bless you. And welcome to today's edition of Women of the Bible Teaching Series and Bi-Monthly Book Club on BWE Empowerment Radio. God bless you. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. It is a pleasure a privilege and indeed an honor to be with you this morning. And we won't be long today as we start a new series. Uh, We greet you this morning in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Aren't you excited and happy, uh, just joyful and full of praise this morning, rejoicing in the Lord your God, happy and delighted to be awake this morning. God has giving you breath in your lungs and blood in your veins. There is reason to rejoice and shout and, yes, to have hope in God the Father. Hallelujah. And we bless his holy name this morning. Father, we give honor to God the Father. We give honor to his dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, giving honor to the Spirit of the Lord. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, and pray that you would indeed have your way. Make these few moments of teaching and ministering easy, we pray, O God, in the name of Jesus, and invite you to flood and saturate this atmosphere for every listener, every attentive heart, every curious soul, everyone who is returning, amen, to this broadcast this morning. You've been with us before. God bless you, and you have come back this morning. Thank you so much for your support of this ministry, giving honor to our CEO and founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King, who labors tirelessly in this ministry. Father, we bless you for her and thank you for her. And also giving honor to our beloved overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood. Hallelujah. And you know that we will be streaming services live today uh, from his uh, from the church in Indiana, and we're so looking forward to that this morning. Check uh, the BWE pages for more info below, so I will not be long with you this morning. And we give honor to all of the ministerial team and uh, prayer intercessors, all of the administrators, all of the, the servants here who volunteer and who are serving in this ministry. We thank God for you. God bless you. And uh, certainly, to each and every one of you, beloved, this morning, if you are calling in on social media, online, by phone, we greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and are so pleased that you are joining us this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way in the name of Jesus. Glory to God, have your way. Well, God bless you, saints. We are starting a new series this morning. Our series today that we are starting, and we will be doing this series for May and June, and it may go into July. We'll see how it goes is the message of the matriarchs, and we are going to be looking at um, some key women 
in the faith, some key women. We know who the patriarchs are. We say this often, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, but we are going to look at the women who were the wives of those men. We'll be looking at Sarah. You will be looking at Rebecca. And we will look at Rachel and Leah, specifically these four women. Glory to God. God is up to something. The message of the matriarchs, God bless you, women of God. God bless you, mother. God bless you, grandmother. God bless you, daughter. God bless you, and may the Lord be with you. The message of the matriarchs. So today, we're just going to do an overview. We just had one uh, reading assignment. Uh, You were asked, if you're following along on Facebook, to study Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. And if you haven't had an opportunity to do that yet, if you're just uh, tuning in this morning, please be sure to do that. There, there's so much uh, wisdom, so just so much. You can see God using uh, as a mother, as an image of his care, his comfort, his love, his protection, his guidance for his people. What, what delicate kindness and tender compassion uh, the, the, the Lord is showing to his people, and we'll get into that on this morning. So if you haven't had a chance to, to study that, be sure you study that, okay? Before we begin this morning, let's start off and do what we do best, and that is just to pray. Would you pray with me this morning, just for a moment? God bless you. I'm so grateful for your support. God bless you. God bless you, and God bless you. God bless you real good. The Lord be with you. Let us pray together this morning, beloved, before we begin. Amen. Gracious Father, merciful Father, Almighty God, in the name of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord, we pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, glory to God. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your message of hope, of reconciliation, of restoration. Thank you for your fatherly love and for your maternal care for us, for your guidance. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Have your way in these few moments, Father. May your spirit flood and saturate this atmosphere for every soul who is tuning in and listening. Have your way. Be delighted to do whatever you desire to do. Forgive us of our sins, O God, in the name of Jesus. Help us to do better. We pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Hide me behind your cross. Do whatever you desire to do. You are welcome to touch every heart, meet every need. You know what your daughters and your sons stand in need of. And we especially want to lift up the mothers, the matriarchs, those who serve in a matriarchal role in the body of Christ, in the home, in the family, in the community. And we thank you, Father. In the name of your dear son, for your blessing on them, thank you for the wisdom that they have that we may glean from them. Thank you, Father, for everything that you are. We bless you and magnify your holy name, for you are worthy of praise. Holy Spirit, come in like a flood. Have your way. Do whatever you want to do. Touch every heart. Be with every soul. We bless you, Father, and thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen and amen, and God bless you, and good morning. If you're just tuning in, welcome to today's edition of Women of the Bible, teaching series and bi-monthly book club. Praise the Lord, everybody. 
Glory to God. God is good. So today our series, beloved, is the message of the matriarch. And we, as I said, are going to be looking at Sarah, what a woman, glory to God. We're going to be looking at Rachel, and we're going to also be looking at Leah, praise the Lord, everybody, and Rebecca. Now, these women, especially Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel, they all have something in common. They all, have, all four of them have something in common, but there's something particular that Rachel, Rebecca, and Sarah have in common. What do you think that is? If you're familiar with these women, what do you think that all three of those women have in common? There's something that all three of them have in common that we want to focus in on over the next few weeks and encourage one another in the Lord. Well, what do you think that is, beloved? I'll give you a few minutes to think about that. And while you're thinking about it, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 66 at verse 13. And I want to talk about this particular verse. Turn with me. You'll need your Bibles this morning. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 66 at verse 13. So what are we going to do in the few moments that we'll be together this morning? We're going to talk about Isaiah chapter 66. We're going to talk about what it means to comfort We'll be uh, talking about gleaning from older women, and we'll look at those matriarchs, those women, and their husbands, the patriarchs of our faith, our ancestors, our forefathers, and our foremothers. We'll be looking at, um, at them as well briefly. So Isaiah chapter 66 at verse 13. Glory to God. God bless you. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. And if you have that, let's read that together. Amen. And this is what the the word of the Lord there says. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Let's say that again. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. That's a good word, isn't it? Praise the Lord, as one glory whom his mother comforts, a mother who comforts someone. So I will comfort you to be comforted by God. And what does it mean to comfort? And that word comfort appears there in verse 13 some three times. You ever been comforted by your mother? As a mother, have you ever comforted a child? Let's talk about Isaiah chapter Uh, so that we can get some context and understand exactly what we're uh, speaking about in this particular chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet, glory to God, Isaiah the prophet. Here he is speaking to uh, some exiles. Uh, Judah has experienced exile. They have been defeated by the Babylonians, and they've suffered exile. They've been cut off from the land and God. Some have returned to the land, and as they return to the land, they are still experiencing suffering. The exiles returned to Judah after the Persians defeated them uh, in, uh, the Persians of Babylon defeated them in 539. They are experiencing the exiles of Judah, the Judahites. They are experiencing hardship, famine, political infighting, and oppression. And perhaps it is not um, difficult to understand how after years of oppression, after years of exile, being outside of that land, having another nation come in and defeat them, 
um, that here they can be weary after all of the years that they have experienced this depression. They can be tired. Has that ever been you? This is where we are in the context of Isaiah chapter 66. Has that ever been you, glory to God? Have you ever been uh, tired and tired beyond being tired, just weary and exhausted? And, and yet in the context of Isaiah's prophecy uh, chapter 66, there is a message of hope, and there is always hope. There is always hope with God. If you're still breathing this morning, if you're still alive, amen, he woke you up this morning, kept you through the night. Thank you, Jesus. It has given you a vision of your future, a promise. There is always a hope. I don't care how bad it may seem to get, how many bills there might be. Glory to God. Whatever kind of notice may have come in the mail, there is always hope. There is always hope with Jesus. And here with God, after years of oppression, after years of famine, not having enough food to eat, starvation and hardship, political infighting. And remember, the nation of Israel at this time is divided. Israel had been one under David. And then when the southern and the northern kingdoms divided and the tribes, the brothers went their separate ways, they had been one. And now the political infighting, the infighting among the brothers, among the tribes, so that they, they don't get along, they can't get along, uh, for whatever the reason is, that political infighting and the oppression of their foreign neighbors, Jesus. Here they come after years of oppression and exile, and there's still a message of hope. There is always hope. Chapter 65 of Isaiah's prophecy, and if you read that, amen, in chapter 65, speaks of the Lord's divine retribution, and then God will deal with the enemies of his people, Israel. Chapter 66, where we are, closes with Zion's vindication. And in chapter 66, here, the Lord speaks to the people who set about to rebuild the temple, and he tells them not to make an idol of the temple, that there is something amiss in the worship of the people. That now, after coming out of oppression and beginning to rebuild, he says, look, don't let the building, the structure itself, become an idol to you, the object of your worship. For in the beginning of chapter uh, 66 with the Lord, this is what the Lord says. And let's go to chapter uh, 66, verse 1. He says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Glory to God. The one who is humble and of a contrite and poor spirit, and who trembles at my word, this is the one on whom I will look. So the Lord is telling the Israelites here not to allow the building, the temple itself, to become the object of their worship. And then he tells us in John's gospel, those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now let's go down to where the Lord vindicates Zion. And let's read together at verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Amen. You who tremble. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You who tremble at his word. Your brethren who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy, but they shall be ashamed. Those who have uh, mocked and hated Israel, the Lord says that they will be ashamed. Who cast you out for my name's sake, 
they will be ashamed. The Lord will deal with the enemies of his people, Israel. So here, the, uh, Judah has had that exile, but some of them are returning to the land. And they've suffered this oppression and the exile for years. And the Lord begins, in the midst of all of this, to comfort her. And if we go down to verse 7, he says, Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Keep reading. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice with Jerusalem. What God has spoken, what God has promised, he is going to fulfill. He's going to do it for Jerusalem, for his people Israel, those to whom he has given this promise to rejoice with her, those who rejoice with her, amen, those who are delighted with her, those who weep with her, and he will wipe every tear from the eye. And those who rejoice with her, glory to God, shall have joy. They shall have joy. There is hope here. And the Lord says, let's continue reading that you may feed and be satisfied with the consolation of her bosom, that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus says the Lord, behold, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then you shall feed. On her side shall you be carried and be dandled on her knees. Can, can you picture this here? On her side shall you be carried. You ever lift up a small child, mother, daughter, and you lift up a small child and you put that child on your hip on one side. This is the image here that the Lord is using for us. And be dandled on her knees. And then we get to verse uh, 13 where we are this morning. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. What a word from the Lord. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. After all of the years of exile, of banishment, of the Lord's judgment, albeit it was for the disobedience and the sin, the idolatry of the people, after all of that time, their fatigue and their, their suffering, here the Lord comes and gives a beautiful word with such beautiful, vivid imagery of a mother comforting a child. And as a mother comforts the child, the Lord says, so shall I comfort you, and you shall be comforted. And we better believe and know that if God says he's going to comfort us and we will be comforted, that if God says he's going to bless us and we will be blessed, if he says he's going to help us and we will be helped, if he says he's going to raise us up and we will be raised up, glory to God. This is God's promise. This is God's and It is the hope of the people who have experienced suffering, hardship, turmoil, political infighting, exile, banishment, judgment, famine. Glory to God. Isn't that beautiful? Do you see the imagery? And God is using this maternal motif. He's using this, this approach as a mother comforting a child. Mother, do you know what it is? Of course you do. To comfort your child, your son or your daughter, your grandson or your grandchild. When you see that child fall off the bike, come in the house and is crying, straight to me, oh, glory to God. When your child, amen, you see that he's sick or ill and you have to tend to him and provide care. This is 
the imagery when the child has fallen and hurt him or herself, and a mother tends to him. And the imagery that God uses here isn't glory to God of a husband comforting his wife. It isn't of a sibling comforting his sibling. It isn't of a teacher comforting a student. It is of a mother. So there is something remarkably unique delicately wonderful about a woman, about a mother, and how she knows innately how to nurture, how to guide, how to love, how to comfort her child. And it is so strikingly beautiful that the Lord uses it in describing what he is going to do for his people, Israel. And what does it mean to comfort? Comfort, amen. Put the comfort comfort with an infinite tenderness. This is what the Lord is saying here, with an infinite tenderness. Glory. The word of the Lord in Second Corinthians 1, uh, 3 through 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Glory to God. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But what does it mean to comfort, the definition of comfort? To comfort someone, if you're going to comfort someone, how do we know how to comfort it? According to the scripture that we just read, if we have never ourselves been comforted, if we have never ourselves been comforted, if we have never fallen, if we have never had needed to be relieved of our burdens, if we have never needed to have some compassion or some tenderness, if we have never needed to be relieved of our sorrows, to comfort in the Hebrew means to pity or to console. It means to ease or to have compassion for others. To comfort means to give consolation, to make somebody who is worried or unhappy feel better by being kind and sympathetic towards them. To comfort means to give solace or to soothe, to provide relief and to provide encouragement. So how can we mothers, how can Sarah, how can Rebecca, how can Rachel, how can any woman, any servant of God, any person, how can they help us? How can they help us? How can they encourage us? How can they soothe us? Amen. How can they minister to us if they have never been in any kind of a situation where they have themselves been encouraged, where they have themselves been relieved? Let's read this again. In fact, let's turn there. You have your Bibles this morning. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. You have your Bible to love next to me, 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And let's read this together. We're speaking about comfort this morning. Blessed be the God and Father. You have it. God bless you. Good morning to you if you're just calling in and joining us. Good morning. God bless you and welcome. 1 Corinthians, I'm, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Let's read together the book. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, glory, who are in any trouble, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. That means for the minister, for the servant 
glory for the matriarch that we're speaking on and we'll be teaching on over the next few weeks, for the woman of God, for the man of God, that they can comfort us in any of our trouble, in any no matter what we're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what that pain or that heartache is, whatever you need to be lifted up out of, whatever you need to be encouraged in, whatever you need to have relief for, whatever you need to solace, whatever you need to be soothed in, however you may need to feel better or, or happier, by, by someone being kind and sympathetic towards you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, the man of God, the woman of God can comfort in any trouble. How? With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That means that man of God, that woman of God, has had to go through his own go-through or her own go-through. They, have, they don't just talk the talk. They walk the walk. They know what it is like to be hungry. They know what it is like to go without. They know what it is like to sometimes wonder and doubt God. They know what it is like to be standing on the promises of God and waiting. They know what it is to stand fast. They know what it is to be in the hospital room and to say farewell to a loved one. They know what it is at the graveside to have tears streaming down their face. They know what they have been there. They have walked the walk. They have experienced. They know what it is to have to hold on. They know what it is to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him because of their experience. With the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God, that means they have gone through too. They have had to go through something too. Now they have experience. They have a walk with Jesus Christ. They have a prayer. Now they have experience. And the matriarchs, the mothers, I amen, the mothers. And what is the matriarch? The matriarch have this experience, they have this wisdom that we want to glean from over the next several weeks. So we want to glean from them. So here in Isaiah, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13, as we just in this quick overview of what's going on in chapter 66 of his prophecy, now the Lord says, I will comfort you and you shall be comforted as a mother comforts her son, her child. As a mother does this, I am going to do it for you. So how does a mother know how to comfort a child? That God would say it's so brilliant, it's so remarkable and incredible, and there's such a delicate compassion there, there's such a, a genuine sense of nurturing there, the same way that you know what it is to be comforted by your mother. When you fall, I am going to comfort you. Because Israel as a nation has fallen. They have backslidden, and and the lawyer says now he's going to comfort his people, this nation of Israel. He's going to comfort them. Have have you ever comforted a loved one after they have fallen, after they have come out of a a bad experience, even when it is their own fault, and it is Israel's disobedience, it is her sin. And God says, even though, hallelujah, even though your sins may be as crimson and as scarlet, I am able to cause them to be as white as snow. Even after Israel's fall, God is faithful. His love, he's in a covenant with Israel. There is an everlasting love that he has with his people. He's in relationship, in covenant with Israel. And and when, yes, God, when we are not faithful, he remains faithful to us because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his eternal love for us. He's in covenant with Israel. He says, I'm going to comfort you as a mother comforts her child. 
Isn't that beautiful? Can you see that in virtue? Can you see that glory to God? Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't bless God for his comfort, that he is long-suffering, that he is faithful, that he is merciful, that he is gracious towards us, that even when it is our fault, even when it is my mistake, glory to God, even when it's me, glory to God, we can get down on our knees and come before God and ask him for his forgiveness. Because of his eternal, when we're not faithful, he is faithful to us. He demonstrates his love and his kindness, his long-suffering towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, yet unfaithful to him, but yet rebellious and yet disobedient, he died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And here the Lord says, as a mother comforts her child, I am going to comfort you, to be comforted by Jesus, to be kept by Jesus, to be loved by Jesus. Glory to God. God is good at all times, beloved to be kept by him, to be comforted by him. Glory to God. Yes, God, say, comfort me. Would you just say, comfort me, Father? In the name of comfort me, amen, in the name of Jesus. He, he demonstrates such infinite tenderness towards his people. And Israel here, you know what is remarkable about, about this? Israel here is not a child in Isaiah's prophecy. No, Israel, she's being restored, amen, to her right place. And the Lord, when he says that he's going to comfort Israel, he's speaking of comforting his people with the comforts of a home, of restoring them to the place that they belong, of rebuilding their wounds, of providing their needs. Glory to God. He's speaking here of, of giving a nurturing care, a maternal care. It's very tender. A mother's care for her child is very tender, delicate and affectionate. Glory, her, her love for her child. And glory, her love for her child. And to alleviate the pain and the discomfort after a painful experience or a fall, to comfort that child, even a grown child, after that child has come out of a painful experience, after your child, glory to God, comes out of a divorce, amen, it's a child to lose a child, amen, to comfort, glory to God, Jesus, mother, hallelujah, thank you, to comfort, glory to God, a child who has lost a child, glory a son or a daughter, glory, thank you, Jesus. Glory, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. The comfort after a painful experience or for your own child. Amen. It, it just does something on the inside of us when our child goes through a painful experience, when our child is hurting, when our son or our daughter is in the hospital room or having a surgery. It just breaks our hearts. Glory to God and Jesus God the Father sees, and he feels the same way towards his people Israel, towards us. And he says, yet after this painful experience, Israel, after this holiday, after everything that you've been through, I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to put you, restore you to the place where you belong. Restoration, yes. I'm going to rebuild the ruins, amen. Hallelujah. The ruins that others came in and destroyed, hallelujah, and walked all over and showed no regard or reverence. Forward. Glory to God. I'm going to rebuild those rooms, the places that lay desolate. Amen. I'm going to provide for your needs. I'm still your Jehovah child. Glory to God. I'm still your God. Glory to God. I'm going to rebuild you. Put her back in her home. Uh, thank you, Jesus. The place where Israel, the place where Zion, the place where Judah, glory, the sons and daughters of the Most High God belong and comfort you as a mother with tenderness, with love, with affection, would comfort any child as a mother would do it. 
so I'm going to do it for you. Shall I bring to the point, hallelujah, shall I bring to the point of delivery and not bring forth a child? Time here is going to be rebuilt. She's going to be restored. And God describes it. All is how a mother cares for her son or how a mother cares for her daughter is beautiful. And if you're a mother and you have a son or a daughter and you've ever experienced having to, to kiss your son or your daughter when they fall on the ground to lift them back up. Amen, Jesus. If a son gets out of prison and comes home and you still glory, huh? You still have to glory. Show him some love and some tenderness and and build him back up. Build back up his manliness. Amen, in Jesus' name. Build him back up and let him know that he's still somebody. Amen, and she, yes, God. Let your daughter know she's still somebody. Amen, Jesus. Whatever your son or your daughter may be going through, that they're still a child of God. Glory. That they're still a child of God, a chosen generation of royal priesthood. Hallelujah. There's royal blood in their veins. Amen. Children of the Most High God. As a mother comforts a child, there's your son or your daughter this morning. Amen. But if your son or your daughter is hurting in any way, amen. Jesus, the Lord be with you. The Lord be with the Lord comfort you. Amen. The Lord comfort you and bless you, Mother, in Jesus' name. The Lord comfort your child. Amen. There is such a thing as tough love. Amen. Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord comfort you and comfort your child. No mother, no father likes to see that child hurting. And God says, Here, I'm going to restore, to rebuild the rooms. To provide for all of your needs as a mother does it for a child. So I am going to do it for you. And then he adds, and you will be comforted. So you better know God said you will be comforted. Amen. It's going to happen. He who promised is faithful. Not one word of his returns to him null and void. God is faithful. He can be counted on. And every word that he is the truth. Amen. So this is the hope that he gives to a people who are weary who are, who are just tired, amen, in the name of they have hope. And hope in Jesus Christ does not disappoint, amen. You ever been at that point in your spiritual life, in your journey with Jesus, when nothing seems to be going right and you're holding on to hope and then it hurts to have hope? Amen. It hurts to have hope because you've hoped for so long. Come back to the land and try to do everything right. Okay, we'll build the temple. This is where Israel is. Okay, where Judah is. We'll build the temple. And then God says, hold on now. Don't let that building, that structure, what you're doing, don't let that be the object of your worship. You still have to worship God. Now, Israel here, Judah here might be saying, well, glory to God. It seems like we can't do anything right. It seems like we can't do it, and we're trying, we're trying our best, amen. And God says, look, worship me, worship me. I am to be the object of your worship. Now, you have had some exile. You have had some disappointments. Yes, you have had, amen, some pain, but I'm still God, and I'm with you. And as a mother comforts her children, so I am going to comfort you, and you will be comforted. But the mothers who comfort the mothers who, who know what that is, the mothers who have the matriarchs, who have that experience and that walk with Jesus Christ to know what it is to, to comfort us after we fall, after we sin, after we make them in glory to God. We all need somebody in the faith. Every pastor needs a pastor. Uh, glory. We all need somebody in the faith that we can talk to. 
somebody in the faith, amen, somebody we need, some a mentor, a teacher, a guide, a director. Uh, uh, someone to direct us and to we need that word from someone to, to confirm what God is saying. Every pastor needs a pastor. David was the king over all of Israel, and David had prophets who were sent to him. Jesus, David had prophets who were sent to him. He consulted, amen, with the prophets, and Nathan would come to David, amen, in Jesus' name. Glory. We all need somebody, amen, in Jesus' name. And there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and Jesus is his name. We're going to glean, amen, with the help of the Holy Spirit, our greatest teacher. We're going to glean from the wisdom of the matriarchs, and glory, God, help us. The message of the matriarchs over these next few weeks. So who are we going to be looking at? Who are we going to be looking at? We're going to look at Sarah. And I just want to read a bit that key verse that we'll be looking at for each of these women. So we have your Bible, beloved. Turn with me. For Sarah, we're going to go to Genesis 17. So you have your Bible that's turned in. We'll be done in just a few minutes. I promise you we wouldn't be long this morning. Good morning to you, everyone. God bless you and good morning and welcome. Genesis 17, you have your Bible. So I just want to focus in on the key verse that we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks for Sarah. Now, without getting into our whole story, let's just focus in on verse 15. Starting at verse 15, let's read together. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Glory to God. What a word that is that the Lord speaks to the patriarch, to the husband concerning his wife. Your wife, the Lord says, I'm giving her a new name. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to give you a son by her. I'm going to bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her, shall be from Sarah. Glory to God. The wife of the prophet who was called the friend of God is Sarah, the matriarch of our faith. Hallelujah, the matriarch, our ancestor, from whom we are descended. Our ancestor, our foremother, our forefather, glory, Sarah, will be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Let's continue reading there. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Let's keep reading. Then God said, No. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. No wife shall bear you a son. Not your mistress, not your girlfriend, not the chick on the side. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And after Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant, says the Lord, my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So this is where we're going to be focusing in on Sarah over the next 
few weeks. Sarah, the mother of many nations, Sarah, who was up in age, advanced in age, but the Bible also says that Sarah was fine. She was beautiful, and, you know, she just gets get better with time. <clears throat> just get better with time. Age is gracefully. Now, age, you know women like that. You ever see the cover of some Essence magazine where they show women who are 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years or 80 years old, and you don't know what their age is, and they have these women who are just beautiful, they're 80 years old, but they look like they're 60 or 50, and their skin, you know, just looks so nice, and they just they just age gracefully. You can't tell how old the woman is. And they say, how old do you age? How old are you, Glory? And, and, you know, you just keep yourself together, and God's favor is on you. Thank you, Jesus. And they say, how old are you? Does she, she don't have any cream. You don't need no serums, no night creams, just some Good old Vaseline, amen, on your skin or whatever it is that you use, that's like Sarah. She ages gracefully. But the Bible says, and I asked this question at the start of the broadcast, Sarah had been barren for many years, for many years. And she was up in age and she couldn't have a child. And God had promised them that they would have a son. And it didn't happen when Sarah and Abraham thought that it should. And she sent Hagar, her handmaid, you know the story, into Abraham. Abraham got with her, and he had a son, Ishmael, by Hagar. Hallelujah. And shortly after, Sarah would, Sarah would have the son that God had promised her. And the Lord said to my covenant, I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah, your wife, shall bear to you at this set time next year. Sarah, the matriarch of our faith. Glory to God, the older woman, the mature woman, the mature woman, who, hallelujah, who just believes God, who believes God. Time goes on, the promise doesn't happen. She takes matters into her own hands. Glory to God. But when it comes time, amen, uh, she knows how to put stuff out of the house, amen, and she's how to put stuff out of the house, amen. And she will go on to say, and we'll get into this over the next few weeks, she will go on to say, cast out the bondwoman and her son, so he shall not share the inheritance with my son, namely Isaac. And we'll get into that. But we want to look at Sarah. So this is where we're going to focus and get your spirit, amen, ready for this, as we uh, will be preparing to discuss Sarah, the message of the matriarchs. And the other woman that we're going to look at, and then we'll be done for this morning, we're going to look at Rebecca. Glory to God. Rebecca, the wife of Isaac. Rebecca, who was a great niece of Abraham and a cousin to Isaac, glory to God. Rebecca, who gave birth to Jacob and Esau, and Jacob, you know, renamed Israel, who gave birth, or rather, who fathered the 12 sons of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, two nations in her womb and at odds with one another. And we want to look at this just quickly. This is where we're going to be focusing for Rebecca and see what we can glean from her in her account in the Bible. Sarah, the wife of the prophet, amen, Jesus, the mother, hallelujah, of our faith, our matriarch, from her a line of kings would come, Jesus. Abraham, her husband, was the first man to be called a Hebrew, Genesis 14, 13. Hebrew means an immigrant or stranger, amen. And Sarah, from her womb, glory to God, the woman of God, a line of kings, a succession of kings, all the way down to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, Mother. God bless you, Mother. Let's turn to for, for Rebecca, where we're going to be over the next few weeks. Genesis 25. You have your Bible room with them this morning. Genesis 25. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And we want to go to verse, let's start at verse 21. Oh, yes, glory. This is beautiful. Hallelujah. This is beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. This is beautiful. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Turn there with me, beloved. Let's read this together nice and loud this morning. Genesis 25, the second matriarch we'll be looking at. Starting at verse 21. Let's read together. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife. Oh, let's stop right there. Glory. Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife. This is uh, the husband praying for his wife. Glory to God. The man of God praying for the woman of God. Glory. The man praying for the woman. Jesus. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When men pray, thank you. When husbands pray for their wives. Hallelujah. Jesus. Isaac. Isaac says, uh, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife, Rebecca, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea. Holla, thank God for God answered prayers. The Lord granted his plea, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Let's keep reading. Hallelujah. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? Have you ever been there like Rebecca is saying, if everything is okay, how come I'm struggling? If everything, if I'm so blessed, hallelujah, Chief, well, well, baby, you prayed for me, and thank you so much, and God answered your prayer, but if everything is really all right, how come I'm going through all this trouble? I don't understand. If all is well, why am I, has that ever been you? Why am I like this? Amen. But check out what happened. Check out what Rebecca did. She went to inquire of the Lord. Praise God. If you Are you in any trouble this morning? Thank you. There's a message right there from the matriarch. Are you in any trouble this morning? Glory to God. Have you ever wondered if everything is really all right? If I'm so blessed and highly favored, a child of the most high God, a chosen generation, fearfully and wonderfully made. Everything is all good. Hallelujah. How come I'm having so much trouble? How come nothing is working out? And I'm holding on to hope. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm doing my best, and I'm trying to obey God. Thank you, baby, for praying for me. But why is there all this trouble in this place? Glory to God. And she went to inquire of the Lord. There's a message right there. She went to inquire. It doesn't say, and we see this with Hannah as well, how when these women are, thank you, Jesus, when women get into trouble and experiencing any kind of difficulty, thank you, baby, I appreciate you, but right now I need Jesus. Hallelujah, I appreciate you, sweetheart. I'm thankful and grateful for your prayers. Hallelujah, but right now I need to go talk to Jesus. And she goes and she says, she went to inquire of the Lord, why am I like this if all this well? You ever been there? You know, you got a praying partner and, and a praying uh, ministry, and you got people and folk who pray with you, and you can pick up the phone and call on them, and they'll drop everything and come meet you at the church at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you'll play on the altar, and they'll be there for it. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a trust. And she went to inquire of the Lord in her own prayer closet by herself. She went to inquire of the Lord, inquire of the Lord. Ask the Lord. Hallelujah, she. Ask the Lord, hallelujah, seek him while he may be found. Are you in any trouble this morning wondering how come nothing is working out, Jesus? I've followed your voice. I've done your will. I've been obedient, done the best that I can serve you with all of my heart, soul, and mind. If everything is all right, why am I like this? I'm going to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, and this is where we'll be focusing. Oh, don't you just love the word of God? This is where we'll be focusing on the next several weeks. And the Lord said to her, Amen. The Lord didn't despise her asking. The Lord didn't despise her coming to seek him. Glory. The Lord said to her, two nations, Rebecca, 
two nations, daughter, are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And the Lord explained why to Rebecca. He didn't despise her. He didn't say, don't ask me. Uh, he didn't say, oh, what are you doing coming to inquire of me? I can do whatever I want. I don't owe you an explanation. He's explained it to her. He tells her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And, two, and twins were born to her when her days were fulfilled. The first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore him, so the boys grew. And Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Glory to God. And this is where we'll be focusing in on Rebecca over the next several weeks as we glean from her account the message of the matriarch. So here is Rebecca Glory, Isaac, 60 years old, when she bore him. She bore twins who were struggling, blessed and highly favored. She was barren for a time. Husband prayed for her, amen, and everything got, got good, okay, and then it got worse for her. Amen. Why am I like this? She wants to know, and she goes and she inquires of the Lord. There's a message in Rebecca's account, amen, and we'll be looking at her. And then finally, finally before we close, let's just finish this up, uh, Rachel and Leah. Rachel had been barren. And she was barren. And Genesis 29 will go there. And at the start of the broadcast, I said, what do these three women have in common? Great, mighty women of God. They were all barren. Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. Now, Leah wasn't. Rachel was. So Rachel, Sarah, and Rebecca, all three of these women were barren. Amen. Isaac pleaded for his wife, Rebecca, and the Lord answered his plea. The Lord came to Abraham and said, no, Sarah, your wife, I'm, my covenant is going to be with Isaac, whom Sarah shall give birth to. And Sarah was well advanced in years. Amen. Hallelujah. You talk about holding on and having hope and believing in God. Amen. Jesus. But barren for a time. Amen. As Hannah. Amen. The Lord had closed the womb. Amen. But then he opened it. Amen. In Jesus. Amen. It was all part of his divine plan, of his divine timing, of reaching the divine fulfillment of purpose according to divine timing. Amen. Jesus. And Leah and Rachel's story. Leah and Rachel, who were both wives of Jacob, renamed Israel, from whom would come the sons, the tribes of Israel, along with their two handmaids. Let's go to Genesis 29, and then we'll close this morning. I just want to get to where we're going to be focusing in for these daughters. Amen. Genesis 29. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's a lot in this chapter. Amen. But let's just go to, in fact, let's start at, we can skip around a bit. We only have a few minutes left. I don't know. It's going to be this long, but thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. Uh, Genesis 29 and verse 18. Read there with me. It says, Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. 
So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. And it came to pass that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her, to Leah. Glory to God. And uh, I'm skipping a bit. What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, It must be done. So in our country to give the younger before the firstborn, fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. So Jacob, the trickster, the hustler, the deceiver, has himself been deceived and tricked and hustled, uh, but he has to serve seven more years for Rachel, the daughter whom he desires more. But if we go down to verse 31, let's read there to the end of the chapter. We're in Genesis chapter 29, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Here it is, Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. She would conceive again and bear another son, and she would call his name Simeon. Then she would conceive and bear another son and call him Levi and bear another son, and praise the Lord, we call his name Judah, and she stopped bearing. Amen. Rachel saw that uh, she bore Jacob no children. She envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel, and he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Now, that's important. That's important. We'll be looking at that. Yes, God. We'll be, and who has withheld? God has withheld from you, Rachel, the fruit of the womb. And she would give her maid, Bilhah, to go into him. Uh, and, and Jacob would hope. Jacob having a good time, maybe. <laughs> Jacob had got 12 women going in and out of each room, in and out of each tent with each of them. But that's how it was in the culture at that time. Rachel will eventually go on to have a son. And we go down to verse 22. And before this, the different maids are having sons, and everybody's having children for Jacob and Jacob must just be having a, a good old time, just, you know, being with one woman and then, and then get to go into another woman and ain't none of the women mad at him. In fact, they asking him, please, would you go in and sleep with her so she can have a son so I can have a son and then this reproach can be taken away from me. Uh, that was the culture at that time. But no, not not me, not me. But anyway, let me shut up. Come on. All right, let's go down to verse 22. Glory to God. Y'all laughing? All right, praise God. God remembered Rachel. Glory. God remembered Rachel. Thank you, Jesus. Remember Rachel this morning, Father, in Jesus' name. God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her. Holy, 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 holy. God listened to her. Amen. Hallelujah. He heard her prayers. He listened to her, and he opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me. Another son. Glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't God good? God remembered Rachel. I remember Rachel was the, the wife that Jacob served for. Actually, a total of 14 years it would have been. He served for her, and it, the time seemed as if it was nothing because he loved her. And Rachel had the son, Joseph. And we talked about Joseph in uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had our revival. And we preached on Joseph, and Joseph was the son of Jacob or of Israel, whom he loved because he bore 
Joseph in his old age. So there is a lot in that family dynamic, and there is a lot in the message of these women and the message of the matriarchs that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. So here is, is Rachel, the daughter. God listened to her. God opened her womb. She conceived. She bore a son. And her husband says to her, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? You have not been fruitful because God has withheld the fruit of your womb. But God would go on to remember Rachel and to open her womb, and she would conceive and bear a son. Glory to God. All three of these women are barren. We'll be looking at Leah as well, who was not barren. In fact, who was very fruitful. We'll be looking at all of these women, all of these matriarchs over the next few weeks. This is just an overview today, beloved. If you have not yet studied Isaiah 66, 13, be sure that you do that. Be sure that you do that. And we want to, over the next few weeks in this series, honor the older women. We want to just honor them and glean from their wisdom. Glory to God. We want to glean from their wisdom. And we thank you, Father, for the message on this morning. We thank you, O God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for their message, the message of hope. Thank you for every barren womb, Lord God, for every Rachel, for every Leah who feels unloved in a marriage, in a relationship. Thank you for every Sarah, for every older woman in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. Thank you for their example of godliness and humility, for their reverent life that they live, not to slander in. Oh, hallelujah or not addicted to too much wine, that they teach us what is good and train us, younger women, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for their examples of humility, of modesty, of godliness, of holiness, that we may glean from their wisdom over these next few weeks. And, Father, that you might be glorified. Comfort your people, your weary people, Lord God and Jesus. Comfort your people. Hallelujah. Comfort every daughter and every son. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Right, let's close there, Second Corinthians chapter 1, where we started this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. May the Father of all comfort comfort you, bless you, be merciful and gracious to you. May he remember you. Hallelujah, may he remember you, daughter. Remember you, son, in the name of Jesus. Father, be glorified over these next few weeks. Have your way, do whatever you want to do. We thank you that you would comfort your people as one and be glorified. God bless you, thanks of God. God willing, we'll be back next Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with more BWE, uh, Women of the Bible Teaching Series and Bi-Monthly Book Club. Don't forget on today, we are... Uh, our founder, Dr. King, will be uh, streaming the services live from our overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood. That's going to be uh, just outstanding. Oh, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait for that. Looking forward to that this morning. Check the BWE pages for info. And tomorrow, Sunday, is Sunday Word. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. The Lord be with you. And heaven smile upon you. The Lord remember you, daughter, and keep you and comfort you. In Jesus' name, amen.